time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. What's, what's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. What kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potato? salad. I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find a mate for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. 
How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. <laughs> Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snobby. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy? Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Hand me my Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. You would think with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic going on and a lot of people working from home or uh, being on uh, lockdown or house arrest, as I call it, um, you would think that people would have a little bit more time and they would get a little more sleep. It'd be a great opportunity to sleep in a little bit without having to worry about a commute. But uh, a sleep expert is uh, suggesting that uh, at least 40% of Americans are getting less than seven hours of sleep a night. And we're going to talk a little bit about why people aren't getting enough sleep with the chief of sleep surgery from Northwestern Medicine, Dr. Michael Awad. He joins me by phone. 
Doctor, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Tom. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing okay. A um, little groggy, but... Uh, <laughs> um, How'd you sleep last night? Well, you know, I was, I, I'm going to use myself, I suppose, as a test case because I sleep very intermittently. I will... Um, I'm in my 60s, and and I I sleep about two hours at a time. Now, I don't have any difficulty going back to sleep, but why is my sleep interrupted? Well, there's a lot of potential reasons, but a question for you. Have you noticed you're dreaming a little bit more during these past few weeks and months with everything going on? Maybe a little. Yeah, it's interesting. We're getting uh, a lot of reports these days about people who are reporting a lot more disrupted sleep, what we call fragmented sleep uh, in the literature. And really, a lot of this has to do with a lot of the stress and disturbance that's going on all around us. For a lot of us, this is causing uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, and particularly as we settle down to go to sleep, we have a lot of racing thoughts. Maybe we just got off that late night Zoom call or we had a, a late night call from our boss. And, you know, that can really throw us off as we're trying to get down into that period where, you know, we need to kind of settle down, chill out, and get ready for our sleep. And what that's leading to is it's leading to a lot of uh, activity being parlayed into our sleep. And so we're getting these more frequent reports of people who are having disrupted or uh, disturbing dreaming. And that tends to wake us up a little bit more frequently in the sense that when we wake up more frequently throughout the night, we remember our dreams a little bit more. And so a lot of people are reporting this during this particular pandemic. Now, I find because of, of that um, that very thing that you um, mentioned a moment ago, um, Doctor, about laying down to go to sleep and having thoughts racing through your head. And I, I experience that all the time. And I've um, gotten in the habit of falling asleep to television as a, as a way to, you know, clear my head and, and relax. Um, very often old black and white movies, but that's a conversation for another time. Right. Um, but right. is you you say that um, that screens are kind of contributing to our inability to get a good night's sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and it's a really interesting area of active study right now. But we do believe that what we call blue light emission, so that means you know, uh, light that's coming from digitized screens, like laptops, iPads, cell phones, whatever the case may be, that blue light tends to signal to a hormone-producing portion of our brain that's responsible for controlling and maintaining our sleep that actually it's time to wake up rather than to go to sleep. Uh, And this is a sort of, you know, new age or 2000s phenomenon that we're seeing more and more uh, on account of. So we're seeing this issue where, you know, people who are around their screens, particularly late into the night, have more disturbed sleep, and particularly they have more difficulty falling asleep. And that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, you know, tech companies who are producing ideas like shifting 
uh, your computer screen to warmer hues later in the evening, things like that. You may even notice your device automatically doing this to try and avoid some of that blue light exposure. But to be honest, we don't necessarily have the studies yet to suggest that that fix is enough. And so my recommendation is always to try to avoid our screens for 60 to 90 minutes before we're actually trying to get to sleep, which is a difficult thing to do in this day and age. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a, a friend or even a parent who's lying in bed with their phone above their head, they're scrolling on their social media feed as they're trying to fall asleep. And what they're not realizing is that that's actually going to have a really detrimental impact on their ability to fall asleep. That's interesting because I, I, I have found that when I when I go camping and I'm not around a video screen all the time, I lay down at night to go to sleep, I go to sleep, and I sleep till morning. Isn't that interesting, right? And the other thing that is perhaps contributing, when you're out camping, you're really guided by natural light in a sense. So when it's time to go to sleep, I mean, there's no indoor lights that you can turn on. There's no pot lights above you. One of the, the other really big things, apart from just screens, that really dictates to our body, that is our internal body clock, or what we refer to as our circadian rhythm, that's the internal clock that tells our body really when it's time to eat, when it's time to sleep, when it's time to wake up, is actually the amount of ambient light around us. And so when you're out camping, you're out, you know, uh, you know, where do you like to go camping? Northern Michigan. Okay, so northern Michigan. When you're out in northern Michigan and you're, you're out camping there, you're really guided by the natural light. Uh, so as soon as, you know, that light fall uh, begins to happen, your body's already saying, okay, well, it's time for me to get to sleep, and there's no extra light really uh, to introduce that's going to disturb your sleep or stop you from falling asleep. And then when that morning sunrise comes, your body is dictated to that, hey, time to get up. It's a more natural way of sleeping. But in our home sleep environments, and this is one of the big things that I often talk about uh, with patients, is tell me a little bit about your home sleep environment. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of patients that I have may not even sleep with blinds on their windows. And that's a really difficult way to dictate to your body, especially when you're living in a city, uh, you're living near streetlights, things like that it's really difficult for your body to get into the habit and behavior of regularly falling asleep at the same time, which is so important for us. More with Dr. Michael Awad, straight A. Everybody's doing 
it on brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. In just a little while, you folks are going to have the pleasure not only hearing the songs of the star of the program and all, but you're also going to have the pleasure of hearing and watching and seeing in person the gentlemen and ladies who have been supplying the fine mu- music behind the curtain this evening. It's a wonderful orchestra. I love to hear them play. But and while you would possibly never even consider counting how many piece- pieces there are in the band, it so happens there are about, I think, 26, 27 members of the orchestra, the stage orchestra here. And the only thing is they used to play in Ho- Hollywood. And when they were there in Hollywood, California, there were a 65-piece o- orchestra. And when they were hired by the ni- International Hotel to come here and play, they all got on a bu- on a bus... All 65 of them with their instruments and everything and headed out for Las Vegas. The only thing was, when they crossed the Nevada state line, they had fruit inspection, and this is all slack. Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Thunderbirds, Gis and Cousin, get in a Ford, get Ford a try. So don't be standing on the corner, watch 
This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Dr. Michael Awad straight ahead. And now, now, what about people who work nights? Can you change your environment and and train yourself to go against those natural uh, uh, light uh, rhythms? You absolutely can, but don't get me wrong, it is difficult. Uh, so shift work as a whole, and it's a very interesting topic, um, because depending on how often you're switching shifts, that becomes a really key issue, because you may feel like you're in a constant state of jet lag, in a sense. You've almost been flying across time zones with switching shifts. But when you're consistently working, for example, a night shift, you can adapt your body uh, to get used to that period and, you know, a lot of ways are similar to what we just described. So when it is time to go to bed during the day, try to avoid those light triggers, really getting in particular, trying to black out the blinds in your room. Those things are really helpful to, uh, to get us to initiate our sleep uh, during that, you know, reverse period when we should really be awake. And what about the ability to relax? There's something about life today that that seems very different from when I was very young um, where we feel like we're busy all the time whether we really are or not well Tom you know you you, you nail it here I mean life is so fast-paced these days and um, you know we're very busy it feels like we don't have enough hours in the day to get done all the things that we need to do and I really talk about sleep like I would talk about a fitness program, because it really is like developing a real habit. Um, And the best kind of sleep happens when we work really hard to develop that habit. I mean, even I've been guilty during periods of high stress, where your body just gets a little bit out of rhythm, you slowly start shifting your sleep later into the night, and all of a sudden your schedule is totally thrown off. And you notice it, you feel it the next day. Even, Even when you've gotten enough sleep, sometimes you may have experienced this yourself, where you've gotten enough hours of sleep, but perhaps it was just later in the evening and you slept later into the next morning, you're never going to feel quite as good as when you're on your regular schedule. You're going to have that additional little bit of what I call, you know, jet lag, okay? Um, And that's an important thing to keep in mind, that it's not just about getting enough hours. And for those wondering, you really want to try to aim for that eight to nine hours until you're around that the age of 65, And then that amount decreases slightly. We see in older adults that the amount decreases to about seven hours of sleep. Uh, But until you reach that age, you really want to be getting that key eight to nine hours of sleep. You know, I feel like I've spent a a large chunk of my life, or at least my sleep life, trying to catch up for sleep I didn't get. Um, and, and it never seems like I can do that. I can't miss sleep one day and get extra sleep the next day and and feel somehow like I've yeah. re-energized. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a very true fact, and it's a bit of a sad fact, really, that, um, you know, while we can perhaps bank some sleep in advance, and that would be a very small amount that we're actually able to do, 
it's actually very difficult to make up for lost sleep. We know from, you know, pretty robust study that once we've actually lost sleep, although we try to make up for it, we never really regain the exact type of sleep that we lost. Uh, and so that's why it's so important to be really disciplined and to really make a habit of it, like I mentioned, kind of making it like a, a part of your daily program, like you would treat, uh, say, your fitness or your nutrition, all of those kinds of things. Or the way people treat coffee in the morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talk about the routines. I, I'm not a coffee drinker, so um, having been married a couple times, I'm always fascinated by the people who are coffee drinkers and the routines and rituals, you know, on a daily basis. Um, but let me, I, I want to ask something a little off uh well, it's not off-topic, but it definitely going in a different direction. Um, when I introduced you, uh, Michael, I said you were chief of sleep surgery. What is sleep surgery? Yeah. <laughs> I get that question a lot, Tom, and I'm glad you asked, actually. Um, so this is a, a, a particular niche or field of study that I've dedicated my life to, um, and so I'm, I'm really glad to be able to talk about it a little bit with you. In short, you may have heard of a condition called sleep apnea, which we know affects up to 20% of the American population. And in brief, for those who have never heard of it, sleep apnea is a condition that causes repetitive collapse of our breathing passage during sleep. And so it leads to multiple pauses or stops in breathing. Believe it or not, I see not a small number of patients who actually stop breathing or reduce their breathing a hundred times every hour when they're sleeping. Um, and a lot of wow. the time, people have no idea this is actually happening. Usually the biggest complaint or the most common complaint is a bed partner who says, hey, I can't sleep next to this tractor anymore. You better go get this checked out. And we know that 70% of the uh, people who snore may have or will develop sleep apnea at some point. So that's a pretty big number when you think about how many people you may have slept near or next to that do snore. And so, you know, most of the time uh, when people are treated for sleep apnea, they're given something called a CPAP machine or a breathing machine. That's like a mask that's attached to a small machine, and it pushes air to keep you breathing while you sleep. It's a great treatment when it works and when patients use it. But at the same time, not everybody can tolerate or handle wearing something like that, a device like that, all night while they're sleeping. And there's a lot of other alternative options as well. But what I offer are surgeries targeted to improve the structure and function of the uh, human airway. So uh, I offer a wide range of treatment options that can hopefully take a patient from a point where they're not really getting that appropriate sleep, they're not getting that uh, appropriate breathing during their sleep, uh, and we can improve their airway structure to the point that they no longer need those other uh, treatments. That's really the ultimate goal in what I do. And and then um, what what does that surgery uh, entail? Well, it's a it's really a whole field in a sense, but there's a lot of different potential options. So sometimes we think about you know uh, we think about nasal surgery, we think about surgery on the soft tissues in in the back of the throat. Uh, there are some new and emerging implant type of devices that control our breathing, uh, you know, a pacemaker-like device for breathing that can be implanted as an outpatient procedure. And 
even go as far sometimes as to think about things like uh, restructuring or reshaping the facial skeleton. So uh, it's a really wide and fascinating field of study. Uh, and one that I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of and to, uh, you know, to look after for our patients here at Northwestern because this is a rare offering. Uh, there's really only a few centers uh, that offer this type of treatment across the United States today. Um, we talked a little bit about about screens and their impact on sleep, and, and uh, I, I thought maybe we'd, we'd focus a little bit on tips. Are there... Um, are things besides environment, are there certain kinds of diets that people can be on or certain kinds of eating habits that people should develop to, um, to, to increase their ability to sleep and, and sleep well? Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, while I would say there are not necessarily specific diets in the literature that have been described that will help uh, you know, with aiding uh, sleep. What I would say is the rhythm and pattern with which we intake food is important, okay? Um, and so, you know, during this, you know, pandemic as it may be or this, you know, life shift when a lot of us are working from home, it becomes so easy to head for the fridge every so often, and I think a lot of us are guilty of doing that. I hear a lot of my patients uh, telling me, hey, you know, I, I just can't stop because it's, it's next to me, Perhaps there's a little bit of boredom. There's that additional stress which drives their eating. Um, and often people are eating late into the night, uh, which is actually not optimal. While a light snack about an hour to two hours before bed may help us, that's the old, kind of like the old wise tale of having a glass of warm milk to help you go to bed. There's actually some truth to that, whereas a small and light snack can help us to go to bed. Eating a heavy meal late into the evening can disrupt our sleep it can actually throw off our internal body clock. Um, and moreover, for those who are prone to heartburn or acid reflux, it can aggravate those symptoms. Yeah, see, I, I always do that, you know, pizza late at night, and heartburn gets me up every time. Exactly. Um, That's the one that you definitely want to avoid if you can. Well, this is uh, this is fascinating because I, you know, I would think that a lot of people would be, to some degree, relieved to break the schedules they've been on, and that it would allow them to relax a little bit. But, but having your schedule disrupted can be disconcerting, can it? It creates a certain kind of anxiety even even though maybe some deadline pressure has been removed totally um i mean i I think there's a few factors and obviously it it varies from person to person so i can't speak for all of them Uh, but one of the big things when you're working from home it seems like there's a a lot less uh, rigidity in the scheduling and actually what are the working hours now we often hear about people who are you know, hearing from uh, their colleagues and their bosses, you know, at 7 and 8 p.m., which perhaps wasn't as socially acceptable before we started this work-from-home process. Um, You know, you're often getting a a text because a colleague may be working late into the night. It's easy because you're on your computer all day anyways. Um, So that definitely shifts the schedule a little bit. One of the other things is that when we're spending so much time inside, we're not getting exposure to that ambient light that we talked about. And it's important, uh, you know, during the day to really set our 
internal body clock, again, our circadian rhythm, by getting outside during the day and taking some time. Even if that means if you're fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, an outdoor space in your home that you can work from, uh, that's great. I mean, definitely take advantage of it to get outside in that ambient light. If not, it's really important to get out and go for uh, a walk during the day. For one, it's going to expose you to that light that's going to help keep your internal body clock in check. But secondly, it's important to build up this concept of sleep pressure. And sleep pressure is essentially uh, this physiologic drive to fall asleep. It's built up over the course of the day by expending energy. So that is, you know, getting out for a walk, getting some exercise. Those are the things that help us to get a little bit more tired throughout the day and help to initiate sleep. If we don't build up enough sleep pressure during the day, it becomes very hard to fall asleep when we lie down in bed. And and what about napping? I, I tend to be one who, you know, early or mid-afternoon can, can doze off for 10 or 20 minutes. Does that does that help or hurt overall? Well, you know, we believe that actually the human body clock may have uh, what we call a diurnal uh, pattern. So what that means in plain English is that actually there is a little bit of a dip in our physiologic function in the early afternoon, that sort of siesta. Um, and that's not abnormal. And so encouraging that nap is, is okay. Uh, but it's important to limit it, and it's important to limit it to about 20 minutes or less. I would say 20 to 30 minutes at the most. Um, you know, once you start going into that, you know, that nap that extends beyond 30, uh, 30 minutes or so, then you're taking away from that sleep pressure or that sleep drive that we were just talking about. Um, you kind of, you know, turn the clock back uh, on that meter, and it makes it more difficult to fall asleep later in the night. But we do. You're, you're absolutely right, Tom. We have a natural pl- proclivity uh, to fall asleep or to have a little bit of a, at least a snooze in that early afternoon period. Yeah, it always feels for me like usually uh, I do this uh, this show in the mornings and I'm done at noon. And after a little bit of office work, uh, about an hour or so, I, I'll grab a bite to eat. And I'll, I'll sit down in a chair and I will just drift right off. And, um, you know, I'm always concerned that that somehow is going to rob me of uh, the ability to sleep later. It doesn't seem to, but, you know, that's always a concern of mine. I feel like, oh, this is a bad habit. I shouldn't be doing this every day. Well, you you nailed it. It's right around that 2, 3 p.m. So you said you finish around noon, and then you might have a you know, do a little bit of work, have a snack. So by the time you're settling down, it's probably right around 2 to 3 p.m., which is exactly when we tend to see when we, you know, when uh, when we study people uh, and we look at these natural shifts in their body clock, we see that little bit of a dip in their function right around 2 to 3 p.m. So that's pretty typical. Uh, but again, I think it's, it's key to limit, um, you know, how long you're allowing yourself to nap for so that it doesn't turn into, rather than a nap, an extended sleep. Is is there a a um, a list of of things that that people can sort of check off, you know, as as they try to um, create a sleep routine um, that that includes environment, food, and and so on? Absolutely, I think um, you know there. There's no substitute for your healthcare professional, and there's certainly no substitute for a certified 
the Department of Veteran Affairs does have uh, an app out there called CBTI Coach. That's CBTI, which stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. That's uh, a type of um, psychological therapy that's typically used to target sleep problems. And so the Department of Veterans Affairs has this great app for free on the app store, um, you know, of your choice called CBTI Coach that'll take you through a lot of these habits that you can really go through uh, in more detail. And it can actually give you some very practical tips. Um, you know, I, I would say that having a look at it, it can definitely be a helpful adjunct, although obviously not a replacement for your health professional. Definitely something that can help you to check off a few new habits that you may not have thought of. Now, everybody's uh, experienced, um, you know, days when, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't sleep well last night, I didn't get enough sleep, and I'm dragging a little bit. But at, at what point should uh, someone with concerns about how they're sleeping um, actually turn to professional help? Yeah, it's a very good question. So the general answer um, is that almost all of us, you know, 90% of Americans will have uh, a period or a short period uh, during our lives where we have some degree of sleep disturbance. That's okay, but it's important to try to get ahead of it before it becomes a chronic issue. Um, especially, you know, we don't want things developing into what we call chronic insomnia, which affects about 10 to 15% of the population, depending on which studies you look at. So I generally would recommend that when the problem becomes serious enough that it's affecting your day-to-day functioning, your day-to-day relationships sometimes in the case of snoring or other sleep disturbances, um, such as, you know, sleep walking, sleep talking, those kinds of things, and especially if things start to become persistent. So while I wouldn't give exact timelines, I would say for sure if your problems are extending beyond 30 days, then it's definitely worth uh, taking the time to get this checked out. Interesting. Um, how does sleep impact overall health? It's huge. I mean, we spend a third of our, uh, a third of our life sleeping, or we should, but most of us don't. And we know, actually, that as we approach any reduction in sleep, there's actually a concurrent rise in other health conditions that go along with it. So we know that, for example, cardiovascular disease proportionately increases as the amount or duration of sleep decreases. There's a bit of a caveat to that, though. Uh, In particular, under six hours of sleep is particularly harmful. But believe it or not, a lot of people would ask, well, then maybe I should just sleep 12 or 13 hours. But we actually see that the converse is true as well, that as you start to uh, sleep beyond, you know, the recommended uh, eight to nine hours and particularly above that 10 to 12 hour mark, um, there's a little bit of a little bit of an increase in uh, in comorbidity as well. So it's really important just to get that very regular uh, but consistent uh, eight to nine hours every night. And as I mentioned, as you get a little bit older, that amount does decrease a little bit. Is the uncertainty of uh, the, the current pandemic, um, not knowing what's open and when and, and uh, um, the change to people's schedules, is is that why people are having a difficult time sleeping uh, right now? I think so. Uh, you know, I think so. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's not necessarily just even about the pandemic. I mean, that's a huge one as it is. That would be enough to 
to cause anxiety for, for the bravest of people. But there's also a lot of financial worry. There's a lot of psychological worry. We're worried about our loved ones. We're worried about, you know, the people closest to us um, and, and their health, which is uh, so disruptive in our daily thoughts. Um, and so I think that that is really definitely driving a lot of anxious thought, a lot of uh, worried thought. And it's important to get ahead of those types of thoughts and feelings as best as we can um, before they become chronic thought patterns that really do affect our, our sleep in the longer term. Well, my guest is Dr. Uh, Michael Awad. Am I saying that right, Michael? Awad? That's absolutely, you got it. That's absolutely right, Tom. Yeah, um, that's right. And I, I, I appreciate you uh, spending time with me. He is... Uh, a uh, sleep surgeon, chief of sleep surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Um, Michael, um, I always like to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been uh, talking about. Do you have a website, or is there a recommended uh, some recommended resources uh, for people who maybe want to try and see if they can't improve on their good night's rest? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the first thing that uh, people can do if they if they want to look for me directly is to head to the Northwestern Medicine website and to, you know, uh, look me up there for sure. That's a great place that uh, you can find out a little bit more about, you know, what we do and what we offer there. Um, in terms of uh, resources, definitely uh, a lot of resources out there. But some of the ones that, uh, that I particularly like are from the National Sleep Foundation. So that's uh, sleepfoundation.org. And you'll find, uh, you'll really find a, a wide variety of resources on what we call sleep hygiene, those important or healthy sleep habits. Uh, but also you'll find a lot of information about potential sleep disorders, which may be something that you're interested in looking into to see if, if your particular problem may fit, uh, may fit a picture of description. Uh, but I would say whenever in doubt, definitely reach out to your healthcare professional and, uh, you know, you go from there. Well, Doctor, thank you for spending time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's been great chatting with you, and I hope that, uh, you know, your sleep starts to improve a little bit over the coming weeks, okay? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some of your suggestions, and, and we'll see how it goes. Thank you. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. That was uh, Dr. Michael Awad. He is the um, Chief of Sleep Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. The Tom Sumner program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange, it's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. 
Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman Steady Sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman Sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy if your name was This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Rapp's creation... The Bickerson. After seven years of cycloid insomnia, or slugger's disease, John Bickerson had finally consented to allow Dr. Hershey to relieve his condition. In room 113 at the General Hospital, Mrs. Bickerson watches anxiously as a surgical nurse ministers to poor John, who is suffering an attack the night before the operation. Listen. Oh, it's like being married to a steam shovel nurse. <coughs> Cough's normal. Enjoy yourself, dear. <coughs> Dr. Hershey's waiting for you in the corridor, Mrs. Bickerson. Oh, hello, doctor. Is he resting? I gave him a sedative. That'll quiet him down. Well, he isn't very quiet. Oh, well, actually, I could have done the operation in my office. It's so trivial. I won't be in surgery over 15 minutes. And there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. Will it hurt him? Not the slightest. All we do is take a stitch in his palate and shorten his uvula. I hate to bring this up now, Dr. Hershey, but how much will it cost? The fee will be $50 with the anesthetic. How much is it without the anesthetic? (laughs) I would say about $40. Would there be any discomfort if he didn't have an anesthetic? Not for me, there wouldn't. I wouldn't advise the operation without it. And you're sure he'll be cured when you're through? Oh, practically certain. Well, it's almost midnight now. I'll do his case first thing about seven. He just needs a good night's rest. Well, I'll just stay a little longer. Good night. Call the floor nurse if you need anything. Oh, I will. I hope that pill's quieted him down. I'm sure that isn't doing him any good. John! John, wake up! What's the matter, Blanche? Uh, What's the matter, huh? I put the cat out, I locked the windows, I left a note for the milkman, and I I hung up... John! We're in the hospital. What for? Is somebody sick? No! You're going to have an operation. Dr. Hershey's going to shorten your uvula in the morning. Well, then, what did you wake me up now for? Well, you were snoring, and I was afraid you'd wear it off before you got a chance to operate. You've been snoring steadily for three hours. Don't you suppose I want to sleep, too? You're not sleeping here, are you? Yes, I am. It costs another $5 to put another cart in the room. I... And I intend to use it. I can't get one night's sleep. Where's my nightgown? Not even in the hospital. I don't understand why you have to have an operation to cure your snoring. I didn't want it. You've been working on me for seven years to do this. I'm beginning to think it was a waste of money. I could have used that $40. I'm still walking around in a short dress. What are you going on about? Tomorrow I'll be walking around with a short uvula. Don't be so crabby. I'm not crabby. I'm just sleepy. Why don't you stop fiddling with that mirror and put out the lights? I have to get undressed, don't I? Well, take your dress off. Why are you plucking your eyebrows at this time of night? I'm not plucking my eyebrows. I'm taking off my false eyelashes. False eyelashes? I didn't even know you had bald eyelids. My eyelids are not bald. 
It's just that my lashes are short, and they don't bring out my eyes. Lots of women use false eyelashes. Well, throw them away. You don't need anything to bring out your eyes. Really? Really. I'm satisfied with the way they bulge now. What kind of a remark is that? Oh, hurry up, Blanche. I'm groggy. Blanche, what on earth are you taking out of your hair? It's a rat. A what? A roll of false hair. I have to wear it for the new hairstyles. My own hair is too thin with a pompadour. Oh, darn it, I can't get out of this dress. Blanche, what are those things? Silly. Haven't you ever seen shoulder pads before? Oh, I've never heard of such a thing. Your eyelashes are on the dresser, your hair is in the drawer, and your shoulders are on the chairs. What about it? That's you all over, Blanche. No one can think of more ways to spend money. Are you ready for bed now? Yes, dear. I'm ready for bed. Shall I crank yours up a little? No, put out the lights. Oh, I wanted to glance at the paper first. You go ahead and go to sleep. I can't sleep with the lights on. I left my sleep shade at home. Well, I won't be a minute. No one would believe this. In six hours, they're going to carve me to pieces. I'm supposed to rest, and here I'm... Shh! I can't concentrate with you mumbling. (laughs) There's certainly a lot of activity in Washington. What's all this tax reduction talk? Talk. Listen to what's... Blanche, I read the paper, every word of it. Read it to yourself. Don't be so disagreeable. Dr. Hershey told me to keep you occupied so you wouldn't think about the operation. All I'm thinking about is sleep. Oh, that's a good boy. You mustn't get nervous. No. I see the stock market is going up. That's fine. We have some stock, haven't we? Didn't you get some stock last year? Ten shares. Kentucky Salt Peterman. Preferred stock. My brother got you in on the ground floor, didn't he? Where is that now? In the ground. I can't even find it listed on the stock page. Look in the help wanted column. Are you getting relaxed, dear? No. Now I'm starting to get nervous. I'm worried about you, John. If anything happened to you on the operating table, it would all be my fault. So, you know what I think? We'll, uh, sneak out, huh? No. I think you should make out a will. Make out a will? I thought you were worried about me. Well, you don't want to leave me at the mercies of all those grasping relatives of yours, do you? The minute you drop dead, they'll... Don't talk like that. Can't you say pass on or something like that? Well, you always say, drop dead. That's only when I'm talking to your brother. You could be a little more delicate when you're discussing wills. Why? Because you make it sound like I'm going to go any minute. Well, they don't give you two weeks' notice, you know. Every man should make out a will. Okay, I'll make it out tomorrow. You say it, but you won't do it. Get up now. Do it now. What? Go on, get up, and make out a will. Well, you're out of your mind. In the first place, a will isn't legal unless you have two witnesses. And in second place, I haven't got anything to leave in the first place. Nobody is going to take anything, and I don't need a will. You are the most stubborn man that ever lived, John. Why? Why am I stubborn? It's the hardest thing in the world to make you admit I'm right when you know I'm wrong. There's a woman's logic for you. Suppose I do make out a will, and nobody can touch anything besides you. Okay, so now... You've got it all, my worldly goods. First thing you know, you'll get over your grief, marry a guy without a dollar to his name like that broken-down snore specialist, Dr. Hershey. Oh, I'm not going to marry anybody. 
He'll give up his practice, take you for every penny, my hard-earned money. He'll drive around my brand-new car, drink my bourbon, <laughs> loaf around like the French, never do a day's work. Why don't you make the bum get a job, Blanche? And then screaming like that. Push up and go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. I'm a nervous wreck. She practically walks me into a funeral. Mary's a doctor behind my back. Now she tells me to go to sleep. I'll never sleep another wink as long as I... John, the telephone. The telephone. Answer it! No. Who the dickens is calling? Who moved the phone, Blanche? What'd you get up for? It's right on the night table beside your bed. I thought I was, uh... Hello? Mrs. Renesses, this is your maternity nurse. You can get ready now. I'm bringing your baby in. What? Blanche, how long have I been here? Isn't he 413? I don't know what this is, but I'm not feeding any babies. A way to run a hospital. It's just a mistake, John. No, I shouldn't have fallen for this operation deal. I could be so comfortable at home in my own bed. One of us should have stayed there. What for? How do you know a prowler won't break in? I left a whole bottle of bourbon on the dresser. Nobody will break in. The turkey would gobble and scare him away. The turkey would gobble? I can just see... Turkey? What turkey? Well, I was going to surprise you. I won a turkey in a raffle, John. You've got a live turkey running around the house? He isn't running around. I've got him tied to your bed. On my bed? What'd you do that for? I'll have the whole thing full of feathers. What'll we do with a live turkey? Well, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, John, and I thought you'd murder him for dinner. I'm not going to murder any turkeys. But if he lays a beak on my bourbon, I'll chop his head off. Blanche, you're the most impossible woman that ever lived. Oh, I'm sorry, John. I guess everything I do is wrong. I'll go home and put the turkey out. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Never mind. I didn't mean to holler. Let's go to sleep so I can feel good for the operation. I don't think I want you to have it. What's the least I can do for you? Kept you awake all these years with my snoring, and when Dr. Hershey gets through with me, I'll be as quiet as a mouse. But if you stop snoring, I'll never wake you up, will I? No. And if I don't wake you up, we won't fight, will we? That's right. Well, that settles it. I'm not going to let him operate, John. Why not? It's the only chance I get to talk to you. Come on, we're going home. I give up.
Alexander Zajic, Don't Touch That Dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.